Hey, hey, kids, you're listening to A Couple of Annoyed Grunt Boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons Podcast. everyone you're listening to the 103 simpsons podcast it's the simpsons podcast where we cover episodes of the simpsons from seasons 11 and beyond why you ask well many podcasts out there have already covered seasons 1 through 10 ad nauseum and we feel like a lot of fans have dropped off since then and we're trying to bring them back and say hey let's watch these episodes from the later years see if there's any diamonds in the rough i'm half host craig and with us as always is america's favorite bald-headed furry mustache game show host with the last name harvey it's steve steve Hello, how have you been this week doing good in my triple breasted i suit. love it and please don't talk to steve when he is not on camera you all signed a contract <laughs> you know what to do have you been this week i've been good yesterday was a great day we laura and i both had the day off we went around the town we watched all of a tv show and uh yeah i'd love to hear about that tv show but maybe later <laughs> maybe later yeah but yeah basically uh, we were waiting uh for our car to get serviced because the place is right next to, right across the street and uh so we ended up watching the entirety of a show what show was that it was called Dead to Me, featuring Christina Applegate. It was called Christina Applegate. Christina Applegate is dead to me. Got it. Writing that down. And how are you Good. doing, Craig? Um, speaking of TV shows, I got to say, I think you got to watch this one. I know you're not really into We've talked about how you've never seen the Marvel movies, or you're not really into mm-hmm. superhero shows and things like, that, things like that. I just finished up season one of Doom Patrol. That's only on the DC Universe app. Mm-hmm. And you think because the DC universe is going to be all the you know superheroes, comic books, and yes, it is. It's Doom Patrol, but the show is like bonkers. Ooh. I'll just put it this way: there's an episode where a rat is the villain. Oh. A talking, well, no, it's a talking rat, but it has subtitles because it goes choo, 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 choo. but you see the subtitles of what it's saying. <laughs> this show is literally up your alley, Steve. Alrighty, I'm. I I'm will intrigued. give you some access to the DC access. Because you think, okay, so DC Comics has their own streaming app, so all these, like, TV shows are going to be about superheroes and, like, you know, like the CW superhero shows or, like, the Supermans and the Batmans. This is nothing like that. They they reference, like, Batman and Superman, but they are, like, Z-grade heroes. They're not even heroes. It's 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 a study of character. That's what this whole s- story is. That sounds and, interesting. Uh, Brandon Fraser, you'd love him in there. Like I think there's more f bombs in this TV show than an actual Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> it's not. It's not meant for kids. It's not meant for. It's meant for adults. Because I think they were smart. Like okay, well kids can't pay for this DC app, so let's <laughs> put these original shows on, and adults can. It's. Uh, Alan Tudyk plays it. Uh, he breaks the fourth. Yeah, he breaks his character breaks the fourth wall so many times. Hmm. I love it's, Alan Tudyk. Uh, yeah, better than one dick, you get two dicks. I definitely recommend Doom Patrol to you and to my audience. Of one is Steve. So there you go. <laughs> Thank you, Craig. I I, will I will check will, it out. Yeah, 
I will send you the info off air. Other than that, I only have one GG. A GG Allen? Uh, grocery gripes. GG, <laughs> which is a, a common thing that all of us... We all got to eat and, you know, not all of us subscribe to those <laughs> monthly food boxes. So we have to go right. buy our food at said grocery so store. At said so. grocery store, as you know, I'm a fan of the self-checkout. Aren't we all? This lady has the gall. She has two carts, full-size Ugh. carts, not the, the short carts, full-size carts of mm-hmm. groceries, right? Which is fine. So she's doing her, like, monthly shopping. I totally get that. I'm a, I'm a daily shopper. Yeah. And there's monthly, weekly monthly shoppers, which I'm fine with. But yeah. utilize the cashier line and not the use scan line with two full shopping carts. Like, aside from the fact that it's an inconvenience to other people, wouldn't you want to not have to bag all of those right? groceries? Like, if I'm buying a small, like, hand basket of groceries, oh, I'll bag that up myself. That's fine. But, yeah, if I'm having a full cart or two, you know, like, 40 or 50 items, I don't want to deal with that shit. But here's the problem is she's blocking a whole checkout stand with one of the carts. Oh, geez. So I'm standing right. there with my cart. Like, yeah, I see it's open, but I can't go to it because she mm-hmm. has a giant cart full. <laughs> this is one of Craig's grocery gripes, guys. Someone make a jingle. Because I feel like the grocery gripes are going to come up a lot. They they already have, haven't they? Yeah, and you know I can have them too, especially about self checkout. But uh, yeah, somebody write a song. You know, something like "When You're Sad and You Can't Gripe." <laughs> ah, no, wait, that doesn't work. Um, <laughs> if your butthole's itchy because you forgot to wipe, you might do something wrong in the grocery store. Grocery gripes. Well, nope. nope. this is why I don't. Make I, I might have to bake that a jingle. But other than that, Steve, do you have any uh, any gripes this week? Just a general one that bothers me about the self-checkout is there'll be times when you're done with the ringing up and you're bagging stuff. But because I bring my own bag because I care about the environment, I decided to not do that <laughs> I did too, but, but I don't like to put the bag on the, the weight thing because it never works out. So I just put everything down and then I pull out my bag after I'm done. But I hate it when I'm bagging and sometimes people will come up while I'm still bagging and start trying to ring stuff. Well, I'm still putting stuff in my bag. And I was like, dude, just wait like 40 seconds. And I, I just hate that. It bothers me a lot. So that's my grocery gripe for the week. That's that's weird because my bag, because I do the same thing. I always have my reusable bag. But as soon as I put it down, it says, are you using a reusable bag? I'm like, yes. Maybe my computers mm-hmm. are more advanced than your computers. It's just whenever I do that, it says put bag down and then i do and they're like put bag down and i do and it never works out i don't know maybe I'm no i think wrong. your computers aren't they need to be updated because my lady my computer lady yells at me a lot <laughs> i don't like it mm. although it, it's fun to hear her voice sometimes yeah good old kroger for you yep. all right steve should we talk about uh what year we were at in this time we're gonna watch this episode yeah i think we were all the way back to the year 2014. I don't think we really have to say much because we were in this. You were there. I'm here. 2014. Yeah. Yep. It's yep. I'm we're talking November 9th, so two days right. before my birthday. Let's talk about the box office here. Uh, number ten coming in at uh, number ten, <laughs> uh, making about two million dollars plus was the Book of Life. Oh. From Fox Studios. Uh, don't remember that one. Sequel to The Book of Eli. Um, I, I thought it was about the, the breakfast cereal. Or the board game, Life. I don't um, know. Number nine was Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. I'm sure that was a kid's movie. Yeah, I uh, Number eight, so. I know this one, John Wick. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, which I finally got to review in the last episode after three episodes. <laughs> John Wick 3, great movie. Uh, number seven was everyone's favorite X-Men, Nightcrawler. Yeah, he's blue and Catholic. <laughs> uh, but that was not what we expected. It was just Maggie Hall's lover, Jake Hall. They're married, right? Yeah. I assume so. Uh, number six was uh, St. Vincent, which was with uh, Bill Murray and uh, Melissa McCarthy. Not a uh, documentary about a singer-songwriter? <laughs> did, did you watch that movie? No, okay. I did not. I'm assuming, yeah, you haven't watched any of these movies because you still haven't seen the John Wicks, right? No. no. Uh, number five was Fury. Uh, <laughs> number four was Ouija. Man, I was bored at that one. <laughs> well, you were also gone, Steve, at number three with Gone Girl. Oh. Uh, Emily Ratajkowski's greatest film to date. And some blurred lines as to what you're saying there. <laughs> number two, <laughs> Interstellar, <laughs> which is what I want to do with Emily Chalarowski. Interstellar. <laughs> All right. And number one is the, uh, Big Hero 6. What seems to be the trouble? Oh, I'm fine. On a scale, ah! on a scale, no! on a scale of one to ten, <laughs> you are experiencing mood swings. Diagnosis? Puberty. Well, what? Puberty can often be a confusing time for a young adolescent flowering into manhood. Did you ever hmm. watch that one? No, I was kind of interested because I think some of the voice actors were some interesting people that I don't remember off the top of my head, but no, I didn't see it. I know it's it was a comic book created by Marvel, but I don't know if it's part of the actual it's not part of the marvel universe but but mm -hmm. stanley does make a cameo son dad i wear them front i wear them back i, I go, go inside, inside out, out. Then, then i go, I go front, front and, and back. back dad we have a lot to talk about I watched it. I think it was fun. Did you ever watch Interstellar, by the way? We got past that one there. Uh, no, that's Matthew McConaughey in space. And yeah. Arm. They both opened that week. So Big Big Hero 6 got 56 plus million and, and Interstellar 47 plus million. But Big Hero seems like would have won because of kids and stuff like that. You're not going to take a kid yeah, to Interstellar. Totally. So, um, right. Let's talk more about Emily Ratajkowski, shall we? Well, okay. <laughs> I don't really know much about her other than shoes in that movie and uh, Blurred Lines. All right, that's all we need to know. All right, let's go on to what we were listening to. Well, Craig, I hope that you'll stay with me because number 10 is Sam Smith with Stay With Me. You know, he did that uh, last James Bond song, which I wasn't a fan of. Not no. so good. Although hmm. I've listened to it recently, and like it's not that bad. But I'm not a big Sam Smith fan, so neither am I. I know that "Stay with Me" like it's it's a good song. And well, you know the controversy behind it, right? He got sued by Tom Petty. Oh, that's right. Want because... back down? Yeah, exactly. I hope you're feeling religious, Craig, because I want you to take me to church, which is number nine by Hosier or Hosier. <laughs> I, I like Hosier better. It sounds fa fancier. I, I think I like that song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number eight is Hot Boy by Bobby Shmurda. Something that you like is a hot boy. Who doesn't? But don't tell him, because that's number seven by Jeremy featuring you. <laughs> Jeremy. 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 Um, and if <laughs> he gets married to a woman of the same race as him, and, <laughs> and then he dies. Jesus. What is this joke? He'll be a black God widow. Damn it. You could have done like uh, Scarlett Johansson's character from the Marvel movies. Because you nope, haven't seen them didn't yet. do that. But Black Widow is number six by Iggy Azalea featuring Rita Ora. 
Steve, F Mary Kill. <laughs> Iggy Azalea, Rita Ora, that's it. I will F one of them and kill the other one, but I don't know which one. Uh, I don't think I like Iggy Azalea, so I guess I'll F uh, Rita right. Ora. You? Rita oh, Ora, the other one. Hey! <laughs> Uh, number five is Animals by Maroon 5. It's an awful song. And an awful uh, Number no, four, no. Bang Bang by Jesse J, Ariana Grande, and Nicki Minaj. Number three, sorry. Uh, number three is Habits. <laughs> yeah. Number three is Habits Stay High by Tovalo. She flashes her boobs a lot in concerts. I guess she should just shake off <gasps> her top. And just Woo! shake it off. Because that's number two by Taylor Swift. You know, last week when we did the movies with the Lorax, I didn't realize she was mm-hmm. actually a voice in the Lorax. Would you say that she had a high voice in the movie? Would you say that her voice was high? I don't understand the joke. Well, I mean, I'm just wondering if there's some treble in her voice. Oh, I see what she's doing now. You know, I think she needed some more bass, Steve. So she should have been all about that bass, which is number one <laughs> by Megan Trainer. Because you know I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, 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 bass. Yeah, that song's actually pretty fun. Yeah. It's only a few years ago. I'm, all these songs... It's weird. I think when we listen to like the other like older episodes when we do this the, the podcast, I'm like I don't, I'm mm-hmm. not into them, and I'm not really into. I think I got out of my phase. Like you know when you're in high school, like you're so poo poo about other songs or like bands, and then when you get right. older, like I mean you know because like if I told you when you were in high school, I'm like oh your future wife is going to be all about uh, uh, Destiny's Child. You'd be like, I would never mm-hmm. marry a woman like that. She has to only like the Ramones <laughs> and the Pixies or something, right? And then right. when you get older, it's like, who gives a shit about what your musical preference is like? And then you get you yeah. get that, listen to whatever you like. It doesn't matter. Like, I like it all. Yeah. I still listen to a lot of uh, punk rock and stuff, but also I can appreciate some uh, modern hip-hop and pop music, Right, too. that's how I feel like. I love myself some, some Pixies. Like, the Pixies and Beck are still, like, my top. I mean, the Ramones, of course, but, you mm-hmm. know, fuck, I love Taylor Swift, and I, I don't care if she's, like, a cult leader. That's you know, fine. There's nothing I love, wrong with that. I, I, like, Miley Cyrus dropped some new tracks, and, I, you know, it's fun to listen to. It's pop. It's, it's, it's like what movies are, right? Like, it's eye candies, but it's just ear candy. Yeah, that's what they're, it's they're there for. They're cheesy, they're stupid, they're, you don't have to think about anything, and that's how these pop hits are, like, all about the bass. It's like that, and, like, of course, she get off earlier, but, yeah. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Enjoy what you like, and that's, that's all right. that matters. Kids out there, don't be embarrassed by whatever you watch or listen to. I love it all. I love pop culture. Yep, it's the best. Steve, I also love Craig. crossovers. And I love smooth segues. I don't know if that was smooth, but let's watch an episode of The Simpsons. What are we watching? Today we are watching Simpsorama, which is the 26th season and... It is the sixth episode. Uh, when a time capsule containing a sandwich with Bart germs, Millhouse, Rabbit's Foot, and radioactive ooze causes a major catastrophe in the future, Bender of the Planet Express crew travel through time to kill Homer in order to stop the mess from happening. However, Bender chooses not to kill Homer, and then the trouble begins. That's right. It's the long away the Simpsons Futurama crossover we've been waiting for our entire lives. We'll be watching that. So we're going to take a break, watch that episode, and we'll be right back. See you soon.
And we're back. Today we are talking about Simpsorama, the sixth episode of the 26th season, originally aired November 9th, 2014. It is number 558 in the show's run. Your nerd code is SABF16. It was written by Jay Stewart Burns, directed by Bob Anderson, and your showrunner is Al Jean. Steve, didn't we review an episode last week written by John Frink? And now we're reviewing an episode written by Mr. Burns. What's with all the characters writing episodes? I know. What's next? Is next week's episode going to be written by Otto Man? <laughs> or uh, ridiculous. Scott Quimby. Cliff Carlson. Lewis Leonard. Marnie Gumble, And Mumble Me Man. <laughs> Mumble. How about Wasp Man? <laughs> He's just a white Ingle Saxon Protestant. Hi, DSVO. Mexican uh, isn't people. there like Yikes. a comic book character like named Wasp Man or I don't know well, there's the Ant Man and the Wasp, but like there should be Wasp Man. Right. What you just said. <laughs> He's just affluent uh, and normal. Not normal, but I feel like uh, we go on and on all right. for the last like ten minutes before we actually get to the episode. So let's get on with the uh the show. So yeah, oh sorry, no, sorry. All right. So I forgot to say Jay Stewart Burns. Go ahead. I didn't get to it. But he was a writer yeah. on uh, Futurama. And The Simpsons, mm-hmm. so perfectly melds together, right? And he also wrote some free episodes from that so TV Cromulent. show, Unhappily Ever After, which was like Married um, Children. Was yeah, it Married it was, to Children? It was the CW's version, or the WB's version of... Actually created by the creators, I oh, think, really? of Married with Children. Yeah, featuring a uh, stuffed bunny voiced by yeah. Bobcat Coldwaite. So it was literally just a copy of and... uh, Married with Children. Did you ever watch it? Yeah, yeah, I remember it featured a young Nicky yes. Cox. And that guy who was like your B list album. Yeah, Bundy. but wasn't the son like wasn't the kid uh, group to be on Entourage? Yes, or... maybe. I never watched Entourage, so I hear yeah. it's full of douchebags, and it's for who's the guy bags. that I was listening to? I think I forgot what podcast I was listening to earlier this week, but yeah, who, I, I, I glossed over who did that. Like watched the entire series of Entourage. Oh, yeah, that that was a Gil Ozeri, a great improviser and comedian. Story? So he basically, in over a weekend, watched the entire series of Entourage before the m- debut of the movie. So he watched it for 72 hours straight, and then he went <laughs> straight from there to the premiere of the Entourage movie. And, did uh, he record yeah. his findings? He did, and I I think he may have released it in podcast form at some point. I, however, have not been brave enough to listen to it. Yeah, it's one of those things, because I, I haven't watched the series, or will I ever... I have no interest, right? It's mm-hmm. it's it's like alpha male bro show, right? Exactly. Oh, okay. Well, uh, one interesting thing about Unhappily Ever After, though, aside from what we've already talked about, is that there's one of the children's name is Justin Burfield, which I don't expect anybody to know, but he played Reese in Malcolm oh, yeah. in the Middle. That was a good show. Yeah, it was. We'll do our Malcolm cast after this podcast, right? Yep. You are the boss of me, the Malcolm in the Middle podcast. Do you think there is a Malcolm in the Middle podcast? I mean, there has to be. Yeah. I'm not going to explore it, so eh, we'll keep on going. We should do a Futurama podcast, because at least there's a finite number. Yes, maybe we will. Yeah, it only got canceled time, so. (laughs) All right, so yeah, that's... uh... That's our Jay Stewart Burns. I'm sure we'll see him again. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. He's had quite the All career. Right. He was a Harvard so, man. I just wanted to bring that up. Oh, a Simpsons writer who went to Harvard. Yeah, La right. <laughs> um, so this is a parody, uh, or a, not a parody, but a crossover <laughs> of The Simpsons and Futurama. And there's a lot to unpack. And I wrote copious notes. 
I may have skipped something, so fan, if you, there's anything that I missed, please feel free to let us know. The opening shot is the Futurama logo, but it says Simpsorama, and the text below reads, a show out of ideas, teams up with a show out of episodes, which is fun. And then our couch gag is the sofa turning into one of my favorite characters from Futurama, Hedonism Bot, and Homer goes all in on it and just get some massage from them, eat some grapes, and then they go off screen, and you hear Homer give a delighted woohoo. Maybe he got a handy from the sofa or something. I don't know. Steve, we never really talked about, I mean, because this is a Simpsons podcast, but we never really brought up Futurama. Um, how mm-hmm. how are you with that series? Okay, so original Fox episodes came back with the movies, and I remember a couple of them. And after that, I kind of gave up on it. I don't know that it wasn't good quality. I just, it wasn't on consistently enough for me, so I never, like, really followed up on it. And so it just died too many times that I just kind of stopped caring. What about you? I, I agree. The Fox run was was amazing. And when they did the, the movies, they were all, the movies were all in, like, kind of a continuity. Well, the show, that's what was great about the show is I feel like uh, David Cohen and Matt Graney were like, okay, let's make sure that every episode, whatever the consequences happen, will carry over. Whereas, like, Simpsons, mm-hmm. it does it Simpsons it doesn't matter like Bart and Lisa will graduate from the third grade and the fourth grade and then the next episode mm-hmm. they're still in the second grade and, and fourth grade um yes yeah. I guess the third grade but yeah so you know they'll have like ending of school that type of thing but Futurama had a progression you know it had a, a continuity that at that time around the, in the early 2000s late 90s where tv shows were starting to with like things like Buffy and West Wing each show had its consequence so if something happened it would fall into the next episode where everything was ser- serialized back in the 80s and 90s. Right, yeah. You're right. It did. There was a certain continuity there. And I, you know, so you don't see much for an animated series to do that. True, yeah. Simpsons Especially is in American light. animation. Right. It, yeah, right. American animation. Um, I know, you know, pretty much anime is pretty big on that continuity. So when you got to those direct to DVD movies, they were long epics, which was kind of cool. And also daunting yeah. because it's like, well, maybe you just need Futurama in that 22-minute dose. They were giving you like 45 minutes of, of jokes after jokes, and it continued. And then Comedy Central brought it back, and it was fine, but it felt – I don't know. I, I just wasn't into it. It's almost like when Arrested Development came back on Netflix. I'm just like, I'm not into it. I don't know. I don't... Yeah, and I kind of feel the way that Bart and Lisa felt when they were complaining about Itchy and Scratchy. Like, they didn't do anything wrong. Right. But I just – you've done it all, and it's been a while, and I'm just – I'm kind of moved on. So it's like the first – how many years was featured on, like, three or four seasons? Four seasons, I think, the original run? And they're yeah. all, like, all equally great. So this right. is – Futurama is what uh, The Simpsons would have been if, like, they ended it after, like, five seasons, right? Four seasons. Although mm-hmm. I feel like Futurama's first season is far superior over Simpsons' first season. Yeah, and I'd say in general, the original run of the show has very few clunkers. Like, it's all pretty I, solid. I, yeah, I should go back and watch the Futurama, but I really don't feel like there's an episode. But that's also with Simpsons. Like, even like the you talk about the first season, to me, it's nostalgia, mm-hmm. so I like it. Yeah. But there is like, me too. Eh, I don't know if I want to watch this. But I enjoy <laughs> watching Simpsons roasting on open fire like every Christmas around that time. Yeah. There's some still some good jokes in the first two seasons. The second season especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think the episode where Bart gets an F, that is a very, like, oh. emotional episode. Like, him miss, missing out on, like, when he cries, it, like, oh, it feels Oh, but it's so real. relatable to me, too. Because I watched that episode as a kid. Yeah. And be, like, trying to get out of, like, doing tests from school because you just don't know it. So you try to fake your sickness, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah, very relatable. All right, what are we talking about? Oh, we're talking about Simsorama. Oh, okay. So, uh, our episode opens with Skinner speaking to the fourth grade about a time capsule, which sounds cool. But it's just a box where they bury stuff that is actually in a Civil War coffin. Uh, Did you ever participate in a time capsule? I didn't. Uh, it, I've seen it on TV, but I've never seen it in real life. Uh, what about you? Same thing. I just seen it on TV. I saw it you know, this and then Saved by the Bell did one. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's not a thing people do, is it? I don't think so, and I don't know what I would ever do. Like as a kid, I'd probably like I'd probably be a dumb kid and I'd bring like a GI Joe and be like, I like this GI Joe, and then I put it in the time capsule, and the next day I'd be pissed at myself because, oh my god, that was my favorite action figure of Destro, yeah, and now it's gone forever. And so I remember one I time, know. I remember one time my parents used to play tennis a lot, and so they'd go to the local high school and play tennis in the tennis courts, and I'd go around and it was next to the track and field, and so I'd play in the sand pit for like the long jump mm-hmm. and i remember like burying my skeletor in the sand <laughs> and then i couldn't find it and they were leaving i'm like i can't find my skeletor like, oh. oh well so that skeletor i'm sure someone found it or some some kid landed their, their feet in it but mm-hmm. it's one of those things i lost my skeletor steve yeah that sucks man i'm sorry that you lost your skeletor i could just go on ebay right now and purchase one but i'd rather not because i don't need he-man toys i need All other right. i need other uh, toys uh, what <laughs> like like butt plugs sure you know, okay if you're draining or if you're leaking right isn't that what butt plugs are for anal leakage we'll say yes <laughs> yeah if, if you've got that you know you gotta plug it up yeah that's what i'm assuming what they're for all right it's not a toy so much as a tool so <laughs> steve you're my tool. nelson brings uh a photo of his criminal house brings his lucky rabbit's foot and bart offers a half-eaten sandwich on which he has blown his nose. Uh, how about you, Bart? Let me guess. You forgot to bring something. I'm offended you think I forgot. Let's see. Ta-da! Listen, boy, this is the only legacy you'll ever leave. Better make this count. (laughs) My sandwich! At the uh, burial of the time capsule, we see Mayor Quimby speaking of his progeny, who will be a cockroach. There was an article in uh, Vice magazine today that says that humanity will be known during climate change by 2050, which is 30 years away. So the idea of cockroach species is not that off. I see those articles often about, like, in 20 more years, humanity to be no more. I, I just, I don't believe them. I don't. I'm hoping for it. I it's mean, fine. 2050 will be... Hopefully dead. But that's, yeah. that's in our, what, like, 70s, 60s? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if you want to end it sooner, I can help. <laughs> Let me know. I'd, I just I do know. this podcast with you. It's going to make me want to kill myself. All you right. too, buddy. Um, so in the hole dug for the capsule, there is seeping toxic waste that could belong to anyone, and certainly not Mr. Burns. And then uh, Lisa plays some jazz to nobody really and a storm hits springfield this results in a mysterious metal figure falling from the sky i wonder who it could be i don't know what the hell was that probably just another piece of america's space junk falling out of orbit remember when this country didn't suck because i don't well, uh, reading a book called How to Read a Book in Bed, in bed. Homer and Marge hear a I gotta stirring. I got to say, uh, though, Homer... that classic Simpsons uh, signage. 
the how to yeah. read a book in bed. I like that. I just want to say. I just want to say I like that. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. So Homer and Bart examine the basement, and Homer offers his son as bait to whatever's down Did there. Did he say it was like we gotta lay out some Bart bait? Right, right, right. Like that, that was it. Yep. He called Bart bait. We'll have to set a trap, bait. I mean Bart. Don't be Bart sorry. Bait. Um, Bart bait. Um, so bait. People in the street. It's the tale. Uh, it turns out the source. <laughs> Oh, and the world's about watching some good friends. People on the streets. This is a people on the street. Billy on the street. All right. Uh, the the queen cast. <laughs> hey, just because he's gay, you don't have to call him a queen. Tell that to Brian May. I didn't see the movie. Oh, they're talking about Billy Eichner. It was edited weird, I guess. <laughs> He's a lot of fun. It's the latest episode with uh, not Reese Witherspoon. I haven't watched it because he's back to just YouTube. He's not on True TV, right? No, he is sponsored by Lyft, and the episodes are four minutes on, long. On YouTube's. Okay, cool. Yep. I guess True TV couldn't give him the uh, impractical jugger's money he needs or the carb- carbon arrow <laughs> yeah, effect. Right. Because, uh, you know, you can only have 23 hours <laughs> of those two shows. I mean, as much as I'm a huge BQ fan, Brian Quinn, because he does Tom Steve Dave and he's one of the impractical jokers. I still like, yeah, it's, it's funny because that's all true tv is this carbon arrow effect or impractical jokers and what's sad is they have some other really good shows uh they have at home with amy yes um the show i'm sorry with andrea savage which is wasn't the chris gethard show on there too it was indeed uh also a fun show but yeah it seems like these uh joker shows (laughs) are the ones that stick around which which wasn't true tv that used to be like their their mission statement was like we're gonna show true crime shows and judge shows and like that's what it's called true tv it's all about justice yeah it was originally called court tv and when there wasn't enough court when the oj simpson trial ended basically they didn't have enough stuff to do and so they changed it to true tv so it'd be court stuff and then probably like cops or something and then what's truer than comedy another comedy channel so which i have nothing yeah. against because like i know a lot of people give like shit to like the carbon arrow effect because you know it's a mid i don't know i i enjoy watch it's one of those like numbing things like just watch that yeah. and practical jokers i'm fine with it yeah also yeah. watch some uh adam's ruins everything that's a good show right right all right well i don't have cable so i don't know how i'm talking about this hmm. no TV. So, Bender informs the Simpsons that he is from the future and that Homer will eventually die. Naturally, Homer takes him to Moe's. A bromance, or in the robot version, a romance, blooms between man and machine. What's the robot version of bromance? Romance! You future guys have a word for everything, pal. Meanwhile, Lisa is skeptical that Bender is actually from the future and takes him to Springfield Heights Institute of Technology, or shit, where (laughs) Frank helps Bender... Remember his mission, to kill Homer Simpson. I remember why I'm here. To kill Homer Simpson. (gasps) My ears are burning. Not yet, but they will be. (laughs) A boxing glove. Bender is morally conflicted by this and then gets a message from his ass from Leela Fry and Professor Farnsworth asking if Homer was dead, as it is integral to stopping a species that contains his DNA and is destroying New New York. We then cut to the uh, Futurama world where rabbit creatures are wreaking havoc on the city. And we see in a little fun bit, uh, Binky and Bongo from Life and Hell writing, crossovers are hell. 
I'm, I like that bit because Matt Groening started off his uh, animation career essentially with or cartoon career with the, the Binky and the Life in Hell, the bunnies. Yeah, it's uh, if you ever get a chance, listener, to find like one of their collections of books, they're they're fun. It's uh, interesting to see where Groening came from. They're a bit simpler, but the comic strips are really funny, and I recommend them. He came from our uh, our hometown, Steve. That's right. So and uh, sure, sure that. There are a number of streets, people on the streets, uh, <laughs> after, uh, or that are for several Simpsons characters, including Skinner, Flanders, uh, Trewilliger, and, and such. So, yeah, Portland's great. That's all I'm saying. I don't forget the famous character Third Street. Oh, uh, yes. And Captain <laughs> Cooch. So, Farnsworth, Leela, and Fry travel back to the past to present-day Springfield to explore the mysteries of freemium cable and other various foils of the modern times. It's kind of interesting... Walking. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying it's interesting when they bring up the freemium apps. This is kind of the same time when uh, The Simpsons Tapped Out came out, right? This is true, yeah. So And so, that's yeah, that's a funny point, because that is one of the biggest examples of freemium scammery that I can think of. And I think, is there a future, there's a Futurama one now, too, I think? Yeah, I think it might be like a Bejeweled um okay like cover thing because i know Maybe, they have I, don't know. A, I know they have a, a family guy tapped out yeah and then there's and also I'm... a simpson or a fox animation dominate game that is all-encompassing oh. so it's your uh, family guy simpsons bob's burgers maybe king of the hill even like all in one game i don't know what it is but yeah well yeah. i'm not going to check it out because i sucked too much of my life into that Stupid Simpsons tapped out. Yeah, bon voyage. I can't. I can't. I can't do it. It's just no. I, time. I I won't download it. Um, um, so as they're walking, we see Seymour the dog uh, sitting out of Panucci, which is a nice callback to possibly the most emotional episode of Futurama, or maybe any episode ever, as we've discussed before. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't gl- gloss over this. Like this is we could talk a whole hour just about that scene so when homer's walking through explaining i'm assuming he's walking through the entire like planet because that's supposed to be in new york right right yeah <laughs> it was a very <laughs> long walk but i think we're not going to talk about like logistics so let's just assume that you know to me that was still like a really great callback yeah it was it was cool to see yeah. more and to think about it and, and, and fry yeah. just like it's like you're right there he could have saved him oh, yeah so sad uh that so sad. probably, I, yeah, we discussed before. That is my favorite Futurama episode. My close second favorite is the one where with the bees and the honey. Yep. And Lilo's in a coma. That's also that also is very hard. Those two. So. Well, since you never watched the actual series finale, um, that's a really mm-hmm. good one too. Okay. Yeah, it's a really good episode for, uh, for Futurama, though, the series finale. It, it ties things up nicely, and also it makes everything a perfect circle. So. At the uh, Simpsons' home, Marge welcomes the Futurama crew. Oh, don't mention her eye. Don't mention her eye. Don't mention her hair. Don't mention her hair. I am so pleased to meet you. Nice to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. While Farnsworth and Frank get to work at the lab. They have good news, everyone. Good news, everyone. That means it's bad. The DNA from the future creature is only half Homer, and that the other half is Marge, which means that neither Marge or Homer have to die. But it also means that one of the children's, uh, one of the Simpsons' children, have to die. So that's a bummer. Yeah. We then cut to the future where the news reports of the evil creatures causing chaos in the city, and we learn that they are the spawn of Bart's not rocket-filled sandwich and Milhouse's lucky rabbit's foot, which is why they're rabbits. But also because uh, Matt Groening, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Also, I, like I kind of got a little bit of a Gunn's vibe from the creatures, too. 
Right, right. I don't know. Just the way that they evolved, and one of them, Flapping like in Gremlins 2, The New Batch, was one of my favorite movies. Um, see, an unrated, or unrated sequel? Is that what I'm trying to say? Underrated? Underrated, yes. Underrated sequel. I think it was rated PG-13. But... <laughs> the unrated sequel of Gremlins. Don't feed it after midnight or it'll come all over you. Ugh. All little, right. The sexy one? Okay. Was, <laughs> was there a sexy? Oh, yeah. The sexy Gremlin, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the big red lips, and yeah, that's uh, um, so that's how I discovered my sexuality. <laughs> good for you. So, do you also find like spiders and tomatoes sexy? Because um, there was also a, sp- a spider and tomato. And are you date British men? I need to watch Gremlins two again, but it's not Christmas yet. That's true. Although two isn't as strictly a Christmas movie as the first one is. I guess you're right. I guess I'm not in the John Glover mood. Eighties character actor John Glover. I believe you're right. I just remember he was also the bad or not, the semi bad guy in Scrooge. who was trying to take Bill Murray's job. Mm-hmm. He was also in. Uh, actually, he was recently just in Shazam. Yeah, good for him. Huh. I like that John Glover. Well, this has been another episode of Fits Like a Glover, <laughs> where we talk about John Glover, Danny Glover, and Donald Glover. Uh, John Glover was also Lionel Luther, Lex Luthor's father, in Smallville. All right, there we go. Oh, nice. Okay. And he was also... Destroy the capsule. Oh. <laughs> he was in Batman and Robin. Or Batman oh, yeah. Forever. Well, I think he created um, Bane, or he was one of Bane's like creators. Yeah, let's watch. People give a lot of shit to the last of the Dark Knight series with Bane. Oh, Dark Knight, Tom Hardy's Bane. But it's one of the only impersonations you do, right? And I enjoyed him. He's like, "You're the man now, dog." I mean, he didn't say (laughs) that, but he could have. What if Bane was in Raging Bull? What would he say in that movie? You could have been a contender. (laughs) I also haven't seen the movie in like in like five years, so I don't remember exactly how he sounds, but. (laughs) That's good enough. What if he was yeah. in a? What if he was Darth Vader? No, no, that's too easy. Um, what if he was? Oh, what if he found out that his girlfriend had sucked thirty-seven dicks? Try not to suck <laughs> any dicks on the way to. <laughs> uh, All right. <laughs> All righty. So they go to destroy the capsule to avoid the horrors of the Bart spawn. Well, Amy informs Bender that things are getting worse, and without a mustache, Scruffy can't live. Always good to see Scruffy. Scruffy is great. We've talked about the hotness of cartoon characters before, but I think Amy's on one of the top five of like sexy female cartoons, right? Yeah, she's pretty hot. Yeah. And like Frank had a blue it with she's... her. I just remember they went on like a date. Like they hit it off, but he's all about Lila. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. I mean, yeah. Lila's cute too. Yeah, she's very strong. But, you know, she's kind of single-minded, or single-visioned. <laughs> As the park gremlins destroy a generator, a majority of the Simpsons and Fries are sucked into the future, while Bender and Maggie are still in the past, or the present. Homer's assigned to fix a broken generator, which doesn't offer much hope to the gang. Madam, our mechanical friend Bender is your portal home, but we can't use him until the generator is repaired. Homer works at a nuclear plant. He can help us get home. Oh, are you good at your job? I was voted employee of the month as an April Fool's Day joke. Why, you little... Why, you little... Great. You and Fry can bumble around together while the rest of us give up and make peace with our various deities. As for me, I'm an atheist. I liked the uh, the team up of Maggie and Bender. He, yeah, it was he a lot of fun. Into a uh, like yeah. a pram. and then the here's what I also like too. The it was an adult male. It was the the dad and the son in the stroller, which usually you yeah. would put the mother and the son or mother and daughter. And like it was it was a, a very responsible dad, right? It wasn't. Uh, yeah, way to be progressive. Two thousand. Jay yeah. Stewart Burns. Two thousand fourteen. Jay Stewart Burns. 
Yeah, but good like on you. Uh, so Lisa rallies the troops and offers to round up the rascals and shoot them into outer space. And back in 2004, Springfield, Bender is about to bet big on a horse named <laughs> Bender's Bounty, who he's destined to well, kill. Well, he didn't know he was going to kill him, but he said it was, right. uh, was like, uh, this Bender's Bounty apparently dies at this race. That can't be. And then he kills him. It's great. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's not great that uh, you're killing a horse. but No, but the prophecy yeah. is fulfilled, so there's meaning in the world. So back in the future, Lisa lures the Bart Beasties to Madison Cube Garden with the prospect of Butterfingers. Attention, guys! Madison Cube Garden is filled with Butterfinger bars, and people are laying fingers all over them. <laughs> They're evolving. Wow. That's a first for you, Bart. Will you shut up? And then they throw them into the cube into space to the chagrin of Bart. So that was fun because, obviously, very early in the Simpsons lore, they were sponsors for Butterfingers and Butterfinger BBs especially. So the fact that they're using those as bait is really cool. And I feel like they took, like, some years off from being the sponsors of Butterfingers. And then, like, in the mid-2000s, they kind of came back. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I just remember those commercials. And it worked because as a kid, it was like, I never had a Butterfinger as a kid. And it wasn't until The Simpsons did commercials. Like, well, I need to try these Butterfingers. And they became one of my favorite candies, I think. It's a really good Still candy bar to me. Day, I mean, it's a Chico stick with chocolate. That's all it is. Yeah, it's got to be on my top five of candy bars. Do you know what is a sleeper that I like? Is a Fifth Avenue Oh, bar. those are great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think I know okay, where you're going. Top five. Top five candy now, bars. Now, I don't eat the candy bars anymore, but um, it, I know what they taste like. I mean, there's not yeah. any like new candy bars that have... I think the, the most recent one, which I'll put in my top five right now, is the Take Five. Take that's Five. That's the pretzel yeah. one. Yeah. So let's just say that's number yep. five, but it probably isn't. Yeah. Anyways, what do you got? Okay. So yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Take Five. Let's just don't do it in any order. Just just give us your f- five. Okay. Okay, five. I'm going to stick with the fifth avenue. Okay. I am going to say a Milky Way Dark. Mm. I already know my number one spot, so I'm going to throw in Butterfinger at number two or wherever in the mix. And the number one, to me, all-time candy bar, hands down, is your classic Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. I agree with you. Reese's Peanut Butter Cup is my favorite. Um, I would go with the Take Fives. I was a huge fan of the Nut Rages, but I won't say that because it's in that same Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, so it wouldn't be there without it. So um, mm-hmm. I'd have to go with the Snickers. I'm a huge Snickers fan. Yeah. Oh, uh, Snickers. very solid. Yeah. Snickers, Butterfinger. Take five, which I guess is part of the Snickers family, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. So then I'm going to throw in uh, – see, I have a hard time between the Mounds and the Almond Joy. I oh, like yeah, the it's Mounds tough. because of the dark chocolate, but I also like the Almond Joy because of the almond. Why, almond Joy have nuts, Mounds Why don't, don't they just make dark same. chocolate with almonds? Come on, Mound. I think about this every day <laughs> of my life. Or like do like – you know how like – Twix is doing that stupid uh, advertisement with like, eat the left side, eat the right side. It's different. This is what they should do. Is they should put right. two of them in the Ugh. package. It's not rocket no, chemistry people. Like, do it this way. Like, have it like a couple on a date. Be like, well, I like the almonds. Well, I like the dark chocolate. Well, you can have it together because like the candy bar will be for both of them, right? Yeah, exactly. <sighs> All right. Well, that's our that's our candy talk for this week. <laughs> yep. Uh, fans, what are your favorite candy bars? Tweet at us at 1376. Right. So while trying to fly the cube in space, they rented a satellite for FXXX, <laughs> which is fun, and the Buffalo Bills, which I mentioned earlier. Yay! You realize you're cheering the death of millions of my children. Yay! 
Uh, with everything resolved and the Simpsons sent back to their own time, and after giving Maggie her cut of the winnings, <laughs> Bender goes into a deep thousand-year coma. Meanwhile, back in Futurama land, aliens from Omicron, Percy I-7, Lur, and Nunnunnun are being troubled by the Bart monsters. They are then visited by their dinner guests, Kang and Kodos, which is an, also a really nice uh, synergy of the two shows. And then we close with the home, with Homer singing an improvised version of the Futurama theme. That's basically the episode, but there's a lot going on, and like I say I may have skipped over some things but yeah I really enjoyed that clip with Bender and Maggie because March coming mm-hmm. like oh you have a full diaper and I'll oh, let me take care of that and just like the fact that Maggie was in on it and like here you go here's your cut she puts <laughs> it down her shirt um really really enjoyed mm-hmm. that bit uh the Bender and, and Maggie stuff was was great I liked that yeah and then the ending with the bad aliens from Futurama the bad aliens from Simpsons uh they make the mm-hmm. joke of like whoever's female go and talk to her and they both look at each other because they're both if you remember they're both female uh, right Kodos so uh, yeah, that that was it was a fun little ending. Like I agree with myself. <laughs> yeah, I, well, you're right, and you're also right for agreeing yeah. with yourself. But yeah, I thought that it was a nice tie up to a really fun episode that uh, you know is ambitious. And it's funny because when they announced that they were going to do this episode, just a few weeks prior, they had announced that they were going to do a crossover with mm-hmm. Family Guy. And I don't know if you watched that, and we'll get to it eventually, but to me, the results of that crossover were vastly different than this one. So I was going to bring this up, but I don't think we actually, to our um, podcast and our, our rules, oh. we will not actually do okay. Simpsons uh, Guy or Family Simpsons. Uh, it was actually just right. a Family Guy two-part Family Guy episode. It wasn't actually part of the Simpsons episodes. Oh, in that case, I'll just say it really sucks. Um, and I hate it. I need to rewatch it again because I I think I enjoyed it. Maybe? Maybe you did, and you're probably wrong. Um, <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just uh, don't care much about right. uh, Family Guy, and so it could be it. I just felt like all the things that I don't like about Family Guy were brought to the limelight, and the two tones of the show's even if I did like Family Guy, don't mesh well. Right. I think maybe, uh, well, here's the thing, Steve. I, I feel like that, the Family Guy Simpsons crossover and then the Simpsons movie are, are certain things we have to touch upon in future endeavors on this podcast. I think you're right. Not necessarily in the main run, but you know what I'm saying. Right. Well, we'll get there eventually. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll revisit it and be like, oh, this is the best thing ever. I won't do yeah, that. It, but... It's not the best thing ever, but yeah. Do you have any uh, trivia for today's episode? It was broadcast 25 years after The Simpsons was first broadcast in 1989 and 15 years after The Futurama was first broadcast in 1999. Yeah. Despite being the central character of the series, Fry has only four lines. Zoidberg, Amy, Hermes, and Scruffy each have only one line. Most of the bulk of the dialogue belongs to Bender, Leela, and Professor Farnsworth. Well, some don't have dialogue at all. Tress McNeil, uh, who provides the voices of Linda and, and... NDND. Mm-hmm. They were, she was a regular cast member on Futurama and is not credited as a special guest voice like the rest of her co-stars since she is a semi-regular hmm. cast member on The Simpsons. Uh, she's as Agnes and Brandine, Crazy Cat Lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Green decided to do a crossover with Futurama to celebrate The Simpsons' 25th anniversary. Nice. Um, yeah, you already said The Family Guy one. Uh, oh, also in this one, Bart states that his birthday is February 23rd, so I think that's a first, right? Yeah, I think so. They may have preluded to 
him having a different birthday. Like I think at one point it was April first, but I think this is the most absolute date. Um, originally, Bender was supposed to be sent back in time to kill Bart, not Homer. Makes more sense. Um, this is also the second uh, crossover Simpsons episode, and the first one, of course, is The Stars Burns with the critic. Yes. Um, other than that, um, yeah, that's some good stuff. What do you uh, think of this episode? I was looking through some reviews and some of the positive and negatives, and I was reading them. And there wasn't any of like the like goofy reviews that I like to bring up throughout like the mm-hmm. websites that I look at this. And a lot of people were 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 in the thing, the idea, or not the idea. A lot of people were saying that it wasn't thought out as well. It wasn't planned enough. It needed to be slower. There needed to be more character interactions. And I mm-hmm. totally understand that because like what I just said with the trivia was like Fry only have like four lines of dialogue. Yeah. That's more like fam- the Family Guy crossover, which I remember because it was an hour long and each of the characters kind of had their own thing with like another character, which I enjoyed. Right. And because you're not a f- yeah, this you're not a fan. Sorry, you're not a Family Guy fan, and I understand that this needed to be. It needed to be an hour long. Yeah, because this was basically the Simpsons visiting the world of Futurama in a way. I mean, even though that Bender comes back from the past, but it's mostly a Simpsons episode with Futurama characters, as as opposed to it being the two shows right. And I think that's what uh, it lacked. Was it needed? It needed more. Um, you got you'd have to have the Bender and the Homer obviously interact, but I would have wanted to see more of like Bart interacting with uh, uh, Fry, uh, Farns, Farnsworth mm-hmm. interacting with Lisa, Leela interacting with Marge, you know that sort of dynamic. And yeah, and I think it would with... be fun to do like a little thing with uh, Farnsworth and Burns, sure, just to see how those two old men right. interact. You know, there could have been a funny joke with Farnsworth, like, "Dear God, man, how are you still alive?" Oh wait. You know, like, <laughs> you're my age, you know, because like Farnsworth is supposed to be like 300 years old, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So I feel like also it could have been like into a feature movie type of thing with like Futurama Simpsons. That oh, could have been a feature movie. Mm-hmm. But I remember like the first crossover between Futurama and Simpsons was actually in a comic book form, which I think happened a few years prior. Because um, I remember mm-hmm. that because like I was at the time, I was like, oh, I got to get that. <clears throat> I got to get the, that comic book just to see what that was like, um, which the, the right. comic books aren't canon. But some argue that this show isn't this episode isn't right but uh spoilers if you watch future episodes of the simpsons sometimes when they go down to the basement you will see a bender cool also this sets up like the bender adventures like after the simpsons like get rid of throw bender in like the dumpster like you could see like bender like waking up every few episodes and going to different adventures. You'd be like Sam Beckett and Quantum Leap, like goes <laughs> Oh yeah. Bender Bender <laughs> Leap, right? Okay, there's a new pitch for a TV show. Like he'll go throughout time <laughs> until he gets a thousand years in the future and does things. Hope that his last leap, leap will be yeah. his last. Um other than that, I'll give my ratings. I actually enjoyed the episode. Uh, again, I think it could have been longer, which is weird to say for a sitcom. They could have added more. Mm-hmm. But I think they they did enough fan service. Um, I was satisfied, so I'm going to give it eight slurms out of ten slurms. Alrighty, I am going to give it seven out of ten poplars. All right, so we're 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 close on a yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. And you, did you have any other things to say about this episode? Uh, no, I, like I say, it was fun, and it wasn't a perfect episode, and I agree with you. It would have been fun if it was a two-part, hour-long episode, but... I, it was probably good at the time to experience this because you probably hadn't seen Futurama as much or you knew it was going away. And so to see them commingle one last time, I think it would, it's pleasant. It's not perfect, but it's good. Yeah, and this was already when the show had been canceled on 
Comedy Central. So we hadn't seen Futurama in a while. So this was a nice kind of like swan song for Futurama mm-hmm. uh, to give it that like they're still around. And then to also add to the fact, because I know they did some Simpsons jokes in Futurama with like the Bart dolls on that one like comet or asteroid right but to know that the fact that bender is always in the basement of the simpsons house <laughs> i think is really sweet and so yeah. it was a nice just nice nod to the futurama fans and who knows what happens in the future with the, the tv show disenchantment like will we get some sort of simpsons disenchantment type of crossover or oh yeah uh, looking forward to that who knows yeah maybe the uh, demon will exist right hundreds of years in the future and definitely seems plausible all right well is that all we got to say about this episode i think so okay so should we take a break yeah and i think you have a feature for us don't you i sure do because i teased it in the last episode so steve let's take a break it'll relate to this episode anyways uh, we'll be right back in the future space jokes flying what are those tubes? I wonder what ice cream likes now. Maybe it's hot or some new temperature they invented. That's it. We're done. And we're back. That was a great break, Steve. As we said in last week's episode, since this was a crossover event, the future Robin Simpsons, I thought it'd be fun to cast the Simpsons and Futurama characters into human actors, mm-hmm. like real life. But I got a little of a, I thought of something a little different. We kind of discussed this off pod that I wanted yeah. to think of the great TV shows of our past and how certain shows never got the crossover they deserved. And I'm thinking of right. two shows in particular from the mid 2000s, one of our favorite NBC shows, Steve. Mm-hmm. Hugh Miller with these shows. Um, they were mockumentary shows. The Office and Parks and Rec. They never, they never had a crossover. They should have, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, all these sitcoms used to have crossovers. But The Office and Parks right. and Rec never had a crossover. So for this week, I decided to cast the characters slash actors from Parks and Rec and The Office into the Futurama and Simpsons characters. How do you feel about that? Is that all right with you? That's good. Um, so I thought about this a long time, and I came very close to doing the exact same thing, honestly, but I didn't. I went a different route. And so my two TV shows are not related to one another, but I have cast a show for The Simpsons and one for Futurama, which I'll get into. But I'd love to hear your your thought on the NBC mockumentaries. All right. So I did Parks and Rec as the Futurama characters and the Simpsons as office characters. For those who don't know, I, I married Steve and his wife. Yep. And <laughs> they are a huge Parks and Rec fan. And they even in their vows said, I love you and I like you, which was uh, a call to, uh, to uh, Amy Poehler and uh, Adam Scott's character. Adam Scott. In fact, it is engraved on the inside of my wedding ring. On the inside of Lisa's, uh, <laughs> on the inside of Laura's wedding ring, which I chose was I two, oh, two, two, that's two. great. We got engaged five years ago. We're already married, <laughs> but five years ago yesterday, we got, we got married. Or we well, got engaged. So. Well, they know that you're married anyway, because I ahead. just mentioned that because I married you. All right. So do you want me to go through the characters or you just want to bring up a character and I'll tell you which character that 
will play the Futurama character. I'll I'll start naming some characters, and then you. Can... All right. So, uh, Leslie. Leslie Nope, nope is definitely going to be Leela because of the strong female type. So when I was casting this too, I was also I wasn't really looking at the actor; I was more looking at the character. Right. For I totally for, get that for Parks and Rec and Futurama, not necessarily The mm-hmm. Simpsons. We'll get to that though. It's a little bonkers on The Simpsons. So okay. Next, we'll have let's say uh, Ron. Swanson. All right, Ron Swanson. Um, I think this is obvious here, Steve. I just sent you the picture. Oh yeah, I can definitely you get see it? that. It is Scruffy. <laughs> right? Scruffy? Ron Swanson is Scruffy? Oh, yeah. Makes sense. All I can right. totally see that. Chris Dwyer. Andy Dwyer. Or Andy Dwyer, well, rather. I had some hesitation of thought of this, because if I'm trying to use, like, the characters and, like, the personal relationships of characters, like, you would think since I cast Leslie Nope as Leela, then, well, that makes sense that, um, because her love interest in the future is Fry, so that means should it be <clears throat> Adam Scott, but the personalities don't mesh. So who's the stupidest person on the show? Fry. Right. So who's the stupidest person on Parks and Rec? Andy. Right. <laughs> so makes perfect sense. So to Chris me. Pratt, my Homer Simpson in my life action movie, is now playing Fry. So <laughs> kind of the lead characters. So Chris Pratt's the lead character in all of my movies, apparently. Wow. <laughs> um, but it makes sense. And Steve, who is Fry's best friend? That would be Bender. Right. So this also made sense to me because if I'm casting Andy as mm-hmm. Fry, and really your lover, Steve, is your best friend. And so who would be a great Bender from Parks and Rec? Somebody who's really nihilistic and doesn't right. care. That's right. April Ludgate. Gender bending, just like that <laughs> one gender bender episode. Right. So April Ludgate, I think, was to be the perfect Bender. Well, I'd love to hear what else you got for Parks and Rec. Continue with this really fast. Um, so I had to do some more characters with Parks and Rec, and I figure who would be a good uh, Professor <laughs> Farnsworth, gives it all the knowledge because he knows everything, would be uh, Ben Wyatt, would be Farnsworth. Put Ooh. makeup, right? Yeah, it's nice. They're both brainhead or eggheads. Yeah. May I offer an alt? Yes, of course, of course. For your Farnsworth, what if you did the accounting guy who keeps on trying to give Ben a job? I did think of that, and Mm -hmm. I just felt like I wanted to keep with my core Parks and Rec characters. That being said, I feel like this was an easier one to do Amy. Um, Amy Mm -hmm. Wong would be played by... Rashida Jones. Rashida Jones Jones would be the Amy Wong. And Perkins. And Perkins. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. Ann Wong, Perky. But, um, so that was was my uh, Ann Perkins... I had a hard time trying to decide who would Hermes Conrad be. And uh-huh. since there's not a black Rastafarian uh-huh. on Parks and Rec, uh-huh. I was between, do I do the casting of Donna? She's not really like Hermes, right? No. So we need a, right. a, a numbers person and a pencil pusher. And it mm-hmm. has to be. Oh, yes. That makes sense. It's Rob Lowe. Uh, what was his name? Right. Chris Traeger. Chris Traeger would be Hermes, um, which okay. I know Hollywood would not like <laughs> taking a, <laughs> a, a black character, making them white. Now, this mm-hmm. is in Scarlett Johansson territory. So that was my uh, Chris Traeger would be Hermes. And then we are going with Tom is in the show. <laughs> Did you just get the image? Yep. Tom is Nibbler. <laughs> <laughs> They're both excitable, and uh, if you guys, yeah. if you guys are familiar with uh, Aziz Ansari, plays Tom on uh, Parks and Rec, and he'll be Nibbler. Look and so this was the basis. There was this two, last one. Yes, there's two characters on this, and Parks I love and Rec, it, which made the sense to do the casting. One was Ron Swanson as Scruffy, and the next, mm-hmm. we need ourselves a Doctor Zoidberg, and who's that going to be played by? The gross character that everybody <laughs> hates. Ah, uh, yes. Damn it, Lloydberg. I love it. That's perfect. So, Jerry. 
That's right. So Jerry is our Dr. Yeah. Zoidberg. And there's my Futurama cast by Very Parks nice. and Rec. Let's do one for you. Let's do what? Yeah, I've been talking Okay, let me pull up my Futurama. Okay. I thought that, you know, Futurama premiered in 1999. And at the time, workplace comedies were all the rage. So I also did a workplace comedy that premiered, I think, in 2001. And actually featured Aziz Ansari, but I didn't include him in this. Uh, so I did Scrubs. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I fucking hate okay. Aziz Ansari on Scrubs. Yeah, we don't talk about the last season. No, he, um, it wasn't. The, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Was it um, the last real season or last fake season? Last fake okay. season. He was, he was one of yeah. the newbies. Okay, so I do want to preface this by saying there are elements of certain Scrubs characters that I could not individualize in Futurama world, so I combine them. So, for instance, you take a character like Philip Fry, and he's, you know, really sweet, really loving, but also kind of naive and self-centered. So he is basically JD and Turk combined. Interesting. Yeah. So both the actors are going to merge together? Yeah. Right. And their love interests also, you need a strong independent woman who is also, you know, kind of full of weakness in her own way. So Leela will be played by Elliot and Carla. You just really made me want to start rewatching Scrubs again because I forget how like yeah. Car- like Carla is one of the most strongest characters on that show. Like as in a, right. as in a person strong. I mean Absolutely. She's such a great character. Oh, man, that's a good show. I need to rewatch that show. Yeah, those are the only two like combos. The rest are straight. So we have Bender, who's a you know sarcastic. <laughs> I know this is going. Kind of indifferent guy. That's right. He is be played by Doctor. Okay, Cox. so uh, what's his name? I'm putting my head, my hands behind my head right now, just like him. Um, <laughs> he, like he literally should. John Riley. Yeah, John C. Riley. No, it's something like that, though. He would uh, be a good bender in real life. Yeah. He would be good at... John C. McGinley, uh, John C. Sorry. McGinley. He would be a good, like, Star Trek admiral, right? Oh, like a, yeah, like I a can definitely see him. admiral, like, who's like, mm-hmm. fuck yourself, Captain Kirk. I don't know, right? <laughs> yeah. Put him in a Star Trek uniform. Why isn't definitely he in a that. Star Wars? He could be a Darth. <laughs> Darth Cox. Oh, yeah. Which I think was a Star Wars porn parody. <laughs> oh, I'm Darth Cox. <laughs> All right. Um, so then we have Hermes, who is a numbers guy and kind of pitiful. Oh, yeah. So why not have Sam, yeah. the accountant? Wasn't that uh, the Gooch? Young Kate Kikuchi. Um, she was like, she's never aged, has she? She's still like 22, I think. <laughs> yeah, I know. Also, their music is always great. Um, so Professor Farnsworth, this is a bit of a stretch, but kind of the person in charge who has to give it like it is, but with a positive spin. Good news, everybody. It's Dr. Bob Kelso. Yep. Oh, that's... Yeah, you're you're hitting it right there. I like this. And then you got your Zap Brannigan, your cocky guy who's actually kind of, uh, you know, is more bra- braggadocio than actual substance. You got the Todd. Uh, who's the Todd? Uh, he was the no, no, heart surgeon no, with who's Turk. playing the Todd? Oh, Zap Brannigan. Oh, Zap Brannigan. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't include, because I, I thought we were just doing the characters from this actual episode. But that's, Oh, yeah. I, I that's went like, a little. Because I thought that too. So I thought for mine, my Zap Brannigan mm-hmm. for Parks and Rec would have been a, a Gene Raffio, uh Oh, yeah, John That makes perfect sense. Um, yeah. Okay, so this one's kind of a gimme, but Scruffy. The janitor. Can be yeah. played by the janitor. <laughs> right. And then my final one, this one hurts. The role of Seymour. <laughs> oh, no. Will be played by, <laughs> yep, Ben, as played by Brendan Fraser. <laughs> what? Because they both die. <laughs> So that's my Scrubs. Yeah, the Brenda Frazier, like I talked about earlier. That was great. I liked the the Scrubs. You just made me really want to watch Scrubs. Yeah, I think it was a solid show. Like, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I think it has rewatchability. It definitely does. Uh, great job on the, the Scrubs cast. Thank you, and you as well with Parson Rec. Let me hear your, uh, your Simpsons as office. Okay, so here's the toughest one, because you might have to actually help me. <laughs> 
Okay, we can we can figure, can this, figure out. this out because I'm having I'm struggling trying to do the office. So you try to do like who's the star of the show to be the main characters, right? And right. you assume that here's the two thoughts, right? So you think of Homer Simpson. Well, who's the fat dumb one? You'd want Kevin, Kevin. to be Homer, but he's not the star of the office. Right. So who's the star? Is Michael Scott. As much as how Michael Scarn were to cast <laughs> Threat Level Midnight, this is if Michael Scott were to cast his office employees as Simpson characters that's right this All is right. coming from the mind of michael scott so michael scott being homer simpson he's gonna mm-hmm. need to have his marge now right. we're gonna say this is pre holly flax which is who he ended okay. up marrying right so right who's uh michael scott well crush? i mean or eh, i guess you could say crush but who did I you mean, find attractive I steve i just sent you a picture yeah this is what i'm thinking it's gonna be i'm opening up yeah <laughs> so say it <laughs> so it's ryan yeah that makes sense that's right so ryan <laughs> Is Marsh Simpson. Now, do you remember the last episode when he looks at the camera at Dwight and Angela's wedding? This is like my family, and I've always wanted to see my kids marry each other or something like that. You see your kids growing up. Yeah, you see your kids growing up and marrying each other. So for my Bart and my Lisa, I chose Dwight Schrute as Bart and Angela as Lisa. I want to tell you why Dwight is good as Bart, because they argue a lot, but they ultimately love each other. I mean, I'm talking yes. of Michael and Dwight and Bart and Homer. It's a little problematic huh. for Lisa and Angela, just because Lisa's, Lisa, Lisa's a atheist, where Angela is not, but it's because <laughs> right. of that quote, he wants to see his kids get married, and so his kids are <laughs> Angela and Dwight. So that leaves us with a few more characters. <laughs> I decided to go with, uh, I'm going to throw in a Maggie here, and okay. uh, my Maggie is just going to be Kelly Kapoor. Um, okay. <laughs> for no other reason, just because, you know, I need to throw Kelly in there. Professor Frink, who played prominent in this episode, mm-hmm. I had a hard time because I figured that should be the Dwight, but I didn't actually do a Professor Frink because I couldn't think who would be the smart one on. What about, huh, that's true. We don't have like a big brain. The only person I could think of would be, um, what's his name, uh, James Spader character. But we, we really, oh, Robert, Robert California, California. But we really don't like talking about the last two seasons of The Office. Right. Well, what if it was... Uh, oh, you know who it would be? Uh, uh, Oscar's Oscar, pretty smart. Yeah, I cast Oscar as someone else. I th- okay. think Oscar. Yeah, I cast him as Smithers. Cause... <laughs> that makes sense. Um, and I cast Creed as as Mr. Burns. <laughs> um, so can I give you my my Lenny and Carl? Sure. All right. So here's my Lenny and Carl. I'm sending you the pics. I think I know, but I'm wait- I'm seeing the dots. And if you. Nice, yep. You can say it. Uh, so we have Jim as Lenny, and then Daryl as Carl. And they actually don't all look like I can definitely see right, them like in real being life. cast in a movie as them. <laughs> yeah, like when we were doing the original Simpsons casting, either one of those would have been great choices. Right. Like, that's perfect. The thing is, I didn't get a Pam, um, because I didn't want to make her Marge. Um, right. That's why, because it was a tough casting to do The Office. Yeah. Huh. The other, I think, uh, I think that's about it, right? Oh, I forgot one more. Uh, Millhouse played a part. So that's who my millhouse is. Uh, Steve's getting the picture. <laughs> that is uh, your millhouse. That's is right. Kevin. So Kevin from the office. So I didn't get to put Aaron or Meredith in or Phyllis. I did cast Skip and O Principal um, because before mm-hmm. we when we talked about 
casting The Simpsons. He was actually my choice to play actual Skinner in our real life movie. Oh yeah, Helms. Right, Andy. Yeah, very good. And then, uh, like I said, Mr. Burns, and I think that's. Uh, I didn't cast the mayor, Mayor Quimby. Maybe that's Bob. Yeah, yeah he... Bob Vance. Vance has been refrigerated. He... Right, that's fine. But yeah. um, a little scattered for the office. Sorry, guys. No, I think it was really good though. It's you took some chances, and I like where you All went right. with it. I appreciate it. All right, are we ready for uh, my yes, we are. Simpsons? Okay, so. I went for a show that is familiar with a family and has also shared some real estate with The Simpsons and also shares a cast member from Futurama. Can I guess it? Funnily enough. Sure. Hogan's Heroes. Yes. No. <laughs> Homer! <laughs> uh, no. Actually, I went with another Fox show that was on in the very early days of the channel. I went with Meredith. Oh, Shore. I love it. This is going to take some uh, mental gymnastics for people, but it's kind of straight ahead, though. So Streets your patriarch, ahead. Streets Ahead. Other show, which I should have done. Damn. <laughs> oh, fucking um, me too. Oh, and Arrested Development. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you have your patriarch, the harried blue-collar worker. That would be Homer as right. Al Bundy. And we've discussed about how Marge is horny. Who else is horny? Peg Bundy. We have Bart Simpson, America's bad boy troublemaker. And who else is a troublemaker? That's right. No. (laughs) Grandmaster B himself, Bud Bundy. Good old Bud Bundy. Yep. David Faustino, where are you? He's he's, not really. Are you okay? He's trying to, with all these shows rebooting right now, like the Full House and things like that, he's trying to get a Married Children reboot to happen. That would be great if Eddie the cast wanted to. I mean, Modern Family is ending next year, so Ed O'Neill's open. Katie Seagal's, you know, she's not on any show. Christina Mm -hmm. Applegate, I'm not sure. She actually has a show called Dead to Me. Speaking of Christina Applegate, in the later episodes, she realized that she was dumb and did she didn't want to be anymore and so she tried to learn more about the world around her and so her intellectual curiosity makes her the <laughs> lisa simpson and then you know we have santa's little helper as buck um we have lucky the dog who came in later as your snowball too you have your annoying neighbor oh, Ned yeah. Landers, and that would be your marcy oh interesting so it's not tim mcginley no because your steve oh. the original would be mod flanders but he goes away and there's a place by edna ah. krabappel or jefferson darcy and that is my cast of meredith children as so yours is the scrubs married to children crossover mine's the parks and wrecking office crossover yours makes sense and <laughs> Mine does not. Uh, no, no. Yours is totally fine. Like, because I thought of that too. Like, I was almost going to do the Cosby show. Mm-hmm. I was even going to like think going way back to doing like Dick Van Dyke, okay. Family Guy. I don't, you know, like like the two obscure, like <laughs> like South Park fit in there. But I think it was fun. Like, th- this was a fun thing. So let's talk real quick. What crossovers do you remember uh, being excited about? Well, I remember the Must See TV crossover where Single Guy, Mad About You, Seinfeld, and Friends. They didn't all interact with one another, but there was interaction between them. I think Paul Reiser was in an episode of Seinfeld where like they were in the same building for some reason. And I think that they did the Mad About You probably friends like the Phoebe Ursula thing. Was that the first? Because Ursula was a uh, She played Ursula on Mad About You before Friends. Mm -hmm. But was that the first instance where they actually said let's just make them twin sisters? Or was that on Friends like I have a twin but Phoebe was like I have a twin sister? Or I'm not sure. I don't remember either but I just know that there was one special night also before before that, NBC had, I want to say, a Friday night lineup of shows that were set in Florida, and there was a hurricane that tied them all together. So there was Empty Nest, Golden Girls, I want to say some show about a restaurant or a cruise ship, and I don't have the research off the top of my head, but there were like four shows that also interacted, and Nurses. So this was on NBC? And so you're mm-hmm. saying it's like 1991, 92 maybe? Yeah, that sounds about right. Weird, because I, I don't remember that, but I remember if it was that same time period, there was an episode of Quantum Leap 
tape where Sam leapt into like a police officer during a hurricane, and that was an Whoa. NBC show. So, may- do you think maybe like it was all like Hurricane Week on NBC? It very well could be because you figure, you know, sitcoms usually go from eight to ten p.m. and then Quantum Leap would could have been. On no, that was the problem maybe? with Quantum Leap was they moved that show around all the time. Like literally, it leapt okay. from day to day. So yeah, maybe that was like the same time. I don't know because you never they, they never mix the dramas with the comedies. No. Um, so my favorite crossovers were the TGIF on ABC always did the crossovers. Oh, yes. And I think my favorite had to have been when Steve Urkel appeared on Full House. Consoling <laughs> Stephanie about her new glasses. And I think it was like for a long time my Facebook like background image was with Stephanie was, Tanner. Like, was, yeah. Dreaming of glasses with Steve Urkel. And it was like a fish yeah. island or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great crossover. Oh, I thought of another oh. crossover that was, was a full house. It wasn't a crossover, but when Kirk Cameron appeared on the show, he wasn't actually Mike Seaver. It was just actually right. like a cousin, which was, of course, is Candace Cameron's brother in real life. And now he's a. Mm-hmm. I won't say anything. But, anyways, go ahead. <laughs> well, well, there was on TJF also there weren't crossovers exactly but they all went to Disneyland a full house did that yep but step by so step did yep. step by step I think they may have done that. and also this one's weird in the same vein on Monday nights on NBC the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Blossom both went to the Playboy Mansion on what? episodes was this like a special episode like did you learn something well I don't remember I think that Joey whoa yeah you know, from yeah. Blossom was just really horny <laughs> and he got to go to the Playboy Mansion. And then on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the daughter, whose name I can't think of, she was going to pose for Playboy as a pictorial for Weather Girls, because she yeah. was weather forecaster. And luckily, she was, like, on the intro, and so she didn't show anything. And Uncle Phil was really worried about it, and that's about now, what I remember. But... Now, did uh, Hugh Hefner make an appearance? I believe he did I on both, yes. so, yeah. So there was, like, kind of, like, a, a probably like a branding thing. It's like, we're not, like, a smut magazine. Yeah, it's just weird because the demographics of both Blossom. Right. Blossom is like 13-year-old girls. And then Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is probably probably 13-year-old girls also because people found Will Smith attractive. But also, you know, as a boy, like, it was a really funny show. But, you know, for, like, kids, it's weird to, like, advertise Playboy <laughs> in these children's yeah. sitcoms. Because uh, Howard Stern always talks about how when he was a kid, about 13, his mother got him a subscription to Playboy magazine, and she told him that these are not real women. It's not how real women look like. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was interesting. I don't know why I brought that up, but... All right, so we got our crossovers, and I think my favorite today is, of course, uh, The Critic and The Simpsons. Yep. Steve... Let's wrap this up here. We've talked long All enough. Right. Steve, we're going to bring out the old wheel because we haven't. Uh, uh-huh. This is going to be one of the first episodes we haven't done spontaneously. We're going to find out what yeah. we're going to watch next. Are you ready for this? All righty. Let's dust right. off that old wheel. <laughs> Ooh, Your so favorite. Oh, are you all right? <coughs> Sorry. Yeah, just a lot of dust in the room from the, sure, sure. the wheel because we sure. haven't used it in a while. You got the season wheel and the episode wheel. Yep. I will spin the season That's wheel smart. first. Oh, we're back in time to season 13. Oh, season 13. All right. And let's go for the episode. Episode 7. Lucky 7. He's Steve. This episode is called Brawl in the Family. It originally aired January 6, 2002. Here's the quick 
Synopsis from Google. Grandpa comes to Homer's rescue after he admits he had a previous marriage. Do you Ooh. remember this one? No, I, do I don't not. either. I mean, we know that he did have a previous child with the woman, uh, Herb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't the or wasn't the woman, but the son. Is this the origin of that? No, I don't think so. All right, I don't, I don't know. remember this one. So um, I guess we're looking forward to that next week, right? Yeah. Okay. So Steve, make sure you watch that, guys. You can watch it on YouTube or Voodoo or iTunes for a dollar ninety nine or you have season thirteen DVD. You got it there. Other than that, please reach out to us on social medias at one three. Simpsons on the Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can always email us at 138simpsons at gmail.com. For this week, I've been your half a host, Craig. And I've been your other half host, Steve. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. And you're like, 99 cents? You bet I'd like one.